0: Let's give another round of applause, guys. Come on. Can you get me Can you move the table? Good morning, everyone. I don't know if this feels like it's really, really high up for me. I'll do, it. do you think you can just... You're just a on. tad. Well, it's been a while since um, I've spoken on a Sunday morning. So, um, yeah, I think Mark said last week that it's just such a privilege to get to speak to you. <laughs> and for you to listen and um, i just hope that you'll be you'll be challenged this morning you'll be encouraged that's brilliant yeah Um, yeah that that god will really meet you where you're at and do something in you that's that's my prayer for this morning so um over the last few months well about probably six months um i've been thinking about our minds um, so it's interesting. Mark said, "Let's open our hearts and minds because that's exactly what I'm talking about this morning." So I've been thinking about our minds and how powerful powerful they are, and what the Bible says about our minds. And I just felt that what I've been looking at, what I've been kind of studying in the Word and the kind of journey that I've been on is relevant to us all. So I just want to take this opportunity to to share um, a bit of the journey that I've been on with you. And if you're writing any notes this morning, which a few of you are, um, I've put a title to this, which is called The Garden of Our Minds. And that will become a bit clearer later on. So The Garden of Our Minds. You don't need me to tell you how prevalent um, mental illness is at the moment uh, right now in our time, probably more so than ever. It might be that people are talking about it more, but it certainly seems to be up there um, with people suffering from mental illness. And and there's a real focus on mental health as well, which is good because we obviously need it. Yeah, you can probably all think of a family member, friend, maybe even yourself who's been through things like anxiety or depression or panic attacks, that type of thing. And some things are obviously more severe as well. And um, I'm not an expert, so I'm not I'm not talking about kind of that side of things, but just, yeah, it's. It's part of our our culture. It's part of the times that we live in, this challenge of mental health. Um, I had a conversation recently with one of the mums from school, one of um, Nathaniel's friends' mums, and she works with students at Leeds University on campus, and she's part of the counselling service there. And she said they are seeing record numbers of students come to them to access the counselling service, and some are in a really desperate state, and they need a lot of help. They're in crisis crisis, mode um, and um, yeah that just yeah that just kind of says it all really and I think that it's starting younger than that as well so um, we've got a lot to pray about haven't we a lot to pray about so like I said I'm not an expert in this field um, but you know it doesn't surprise me at all that this is what's taking place because um, I really believe that our minds are a, just a massive battlefield um, for the enemy, um, that the enemy, he wants to win over our minds, doesn't he? So if he can get a foot in, in people's minds, then he can have his way because he's ruling and reigning in people's minds, but there's a vice versa. So if if people's minds are submitted to God, to his power and rule, then God is going to have his way. So it's important, is it, who we submit on. Our minds too so just think for a moment how powerful your mind is your mind decides what you're going to do in any given moment your mind causes you to put your thoughts into action your mind affects your mood when you get out of bed maybe on the wrong side who knows <laughs> Um, and when I say mind, I'm not kind of referring to our brain function that kind of sends all the right messages to bits of our body to move them. I'm, I'm thinking about our mind in terms of um, our thoughts, our imagination, our feelings. And, uh, yeah, the dictionary definition of the mind is this. The element of a person that enables them to be aware of the world and their experiences to think and to feel it's the faculty of consciousness and thought so i think it's really interesting that that definition there includes feeling because you don't often think about your mind as the feeling bit of you but there's a real connection uh, between mind and heart um, that you can't you can't separate so feelings is a lot to do with it as well and um You know, there's a lot of like kind of biological, physiological, psychological conversation that could go on around this topic. Um, But yeah, I'm not an an expert. But what I want to focus on this morning is how we can come into wholeness in our minds because we're in Christ. And the main verse that I want to look at in the Bible is uh, Romans 12 verse 2. And I'm reading first from the New Living Translation, and it says this, Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, you may be more familiar with this translation, which is the NIV, and it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Now, the Greek word for mind in this verse is N-O-U-S, like nous in French, but it's pronounced nous n-o-o-c-e and its definition is this so when it's talking about being transformed by the renewing of your mind it's talking about mind like this it's the mind compromising alike the faculties of perceiving and understanding and those of feeling judging and determining it's the intellectual faculty the understanding the perceiving of divine things i love that of recognizing goodness and of hating evil it's the power of considering and judging soberly calmly and impartially so yeah i really like the bit that says the mind is the faculty of perceiving divine things and of recognizing goodness of and of hating evil and that shouldn't surprise you because god created us he created our minds he created us with minds who can perceive who he is to that can recognize his goodness and understand who we are in christ and this is how we um, constantly renew our minds by knowing and understanding who god is and what his promises are to us who we're created to be and what his will is for our lives. And it's so interesting that this definition also talks about the mind as the faculty of recognizing good and of hating evil. Because I believe, like I said earlier, that our minds are a battlefield for good and evil. Um, and uh, yeah, I lost my place. <laughs> um, we, we are attacked so much in our minds, well, I speak for myself, I am attacked so much in my mind, and I don't think I'm, I'm alone. And, um, yeah, if, if the enemy can get in, if he can cause us to doubt who God is, and our identity in him, if he can delude us, and confuse us, and distract us, then we're not being effective for God and his kingdom, are we? And we're not a threat to the enemy <laughs> at all. That's why we need God's word and we need, it. we need to use it like a sword, because it's a weapon of warfare. And it's why we need to stay sharp ourselves in God's word, so that it can transform us from the inside out, and that so then we can transform the world around us. We can lead others into healing and wholeness and purpose. Amen? Yes. So how do we do this? It's it has to be by first knowing and secondly understanding his word and by walking with the holy spirit every day and it's the spirit that brings us fresh revelation isn't it and equips and empowers us to lead others into that wholeness and healing and purpose so uh hebrews 4 verse 12 talks about the word in this way um i i just mentioned there about the word being like a sword and us using it for warfare um so hebrews 4 verse 12 it says for the word of god is alive and powerful it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit joint and marrow it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires God's word exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You know, it's like holding up a mirror to ourselves, to our lives. But it's one that shows up, the, shows, up the, shows up the depths of our hearts and our minds. And it'll show up the good, and it will show up the bad, and it will show up the ugly. Think about it. A mirror gives us self-awareness, doesn't it? So, I don't know about you, but I always check myself in the mirror just briefly before I go out, just to check that my hair's not all over the place and I haven't got crumbs around my mouth or mascara running down my cheek. And uh, I don't spend ages, I just want to make sure that as I go out of the house, I'm going to be presentable to the outside world. But can you imagine if you never, ever looked at yourself in the mirror? What kind of self awareness would you have? You wouldn't know what you look like, would you? Distance. It would be distorted, maybe. You'd have to rely on what other people said about you and how they described you, maybe. You know, I believe that self-awareness is an absolute key for us in our walk with God. I'm not talking about narcissism, navel-gazing, or vanity. I'm talking about having a true awareness of where we are in our lives and our journey with God. What's going on deep inside us, in our hearts and our minds and our spirits. Otherwise, if we don't have that, we just gloss over things. We just sweep things under the carpet. We don't deal with things. We don't deal with them well. And quite frankly, they come back and they bite us on the bum at a later date. We can only become whole if we heal properly and well. If we understand our weaknesses, our tendencies, um, or our wrong thought patterns and our mindsets. So that we know what areas we need to target with God's word and the transforming power of Holy Spirit. Have you ever been in a situation where you, th- where a thought uh, or a feeling comes back to you that you totally thought you laid to rest? Anybody? Yeah. yeah. Often things come back to us from it can be even from our childhood, our teenage years as we're growing up. And it's because we haven't overcome a thought, a feeling or an experience or we haven't truly forgiven someone. And that's a really big one. And these things, they seemingly come out of nowhere. But they've actually been there all along, just buried really deep down inside. You know, we think we know ourselves so well, don't we? (laughs) But these things come at us and they surprise us. And that's why we need to be continually renewed by the truth of our creator and our loving father who he knows us so much better than we think we know ourselves doesn't he one corinthians uh, actually i've skipped ahead of myself um in isaiah i can't remember what chapter now but it's god speaking and he says for my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways now that was before jesus so that was the other side of Jesus, but we're this side of Jesus, aren't we? And in one Corinthians two sixteen it says that we have the mind of Christ, we have the mind of our mind of Christ. It means that if we submit our minds to him, then we can see from his perspective we can see we can see from the perspective of his faith uh, his identity which has become ours his authority which has become ours his power which has become ours and we can access and use his wisdom and his creativity and we can discern spiritual things because we are in christ and we have the mind of christ wow just think about that for a moment that's really powerful when we, when we realise truly what that means for us. So um, this is where the title comes in for what I'm sharing this morning. As I was preparing um, and kind of on this journey that I've been in and kind of writing stuff down, God showed me a picture of a garden. And this garden at first glance looked stunning, absolutely beautiful. There was a thick border of just stunning, gorgeous plants and shrubs and flowers and there was just brilliant vibrant colour and differing shades of green but then it's like almost as I panned in um, so I was kind of looking at it from a distance and then I panned into the middle and there was a large patch in the middle of the garden and it was just an absolute mess absolute mess There were out of control weeds and thorny bushes and brambles and they were creeping into this really well-kept border, and God showed me that this was a picture of somebody's mind and heart. Um, it's well-kept around the outside, where people can see where you let people in, um, where it's more accessible. But in the mess, it's a centre. In the centre, it's a mess, and it, it's, there's unruly and there's painful and bitter things there, um, things that have t- really taken root. So this morning, that just kind of provoked me to think about what, what my, my mind is like, how God sees my mind. Obviously, God sees it different from his perspective. Um, but how, how would I draw my mind if I, had to, if I had to draw it as a garden? And so I want us to think about some questions, um, thinking about our minds, your minds as gardens. Okay, so the first thing is, what is the condition of our soil? what is the condition of our soil and i want us to think about the parable of the sower which is about how we receive god's truth the truth of god's word and i'm going to read from read the parable from matthew 13 if you want to turn there and the first verses i'm going to read from is 3 to 8 And it says this, a farmer went out, so this is Jesus speaking in a parable, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. These seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as been planted. Okay, jumping down to verse 19 now. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as there are problems or they're persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear, truly hear, and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100. So when we receive God's word into our minds and our hearts and it falls on good soil, then it becomes rooted and it bears fruit, as Jesus promised in the parable we just read. Now, a good good gardener turns over the soil before planting something new, makes sure that it's fertilized and watered well. They make sure that the area is weed free and thorn free and root free from other things that were planted previously. I remember digging up a shrub in our old garden in Headingley, and uh, it was a nightmare to get the roots out they were i don 't know even what shrub it was, but they were all like tangled and like wiry roots, and they just seemed to go on forever and I kind of just kept going at digging it up and I, and I thought i 'd got it out and I, you know everything looked great on the surface. And um, when I went back to plant something on another occasion, I just had to dig quite deep and I just hit another patch of roots. And I was like, what? And it took me ages and ages and ages. I don't know if Mark remembers this plant, but it took me ages to actually finally get everything out of the ground. And even then, I don't know if I got everything out. And um, it can be like that, can't it, when things take roots? um let me find my place um so maintaining it, so it's the same with our hearts and our minds and maintaining the good soil in our minds and keeping it turned over comes from that daily walk with god doesn't it that fellowship with holy spirit This means that when God speaks to us it will take root in the good soil and because we've cleared our minds of the weeds with God's help of course and and the thorns and we've got you know we have an awareness when you have to dig something up like that I thought I never want to plant anything that is like that at all um, because I don't want to have to at a later date have to dig something up like that and things can go so deep and they can get so entwined can't they it's like that with our hearts and our minds and it's only when we've cleared that we realize wow that went really deep that was really hard to get out so I want to read um yeah just before that um the things that we let into our minds you know we have a responsibility what the gate that we open to stuff that comes into our minds. So things can affect us from... You know, TV that we watch, movies, things that we listen to on the radio, songs that get in our minds. Um, I've been playing um, a song, I went to see a movie this week, um, and um, there was a song I particularly liked from it. And I have had it on quite a lot. And um, I just find myself, like, singing it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I shouldn't be singing that song. It shouldn't be so, you know, like those, what do they call them, like an earworm. It's like an earworm. I shouldn't be singing that. I should be singing worship songs you know have I listened to any worship songs more than this other song anyway so things can get into our minds can't they and um, things can so easily take roots. There's these little fluffy seeds that come in on the wind. Don't know what they are. Do you know the, the ones that I mean? Bit like dandelion clocks, but they're not. Anyway, they just come in, they go absolutely everywhere. There's a road that we walk down to take the kids to school. And a, a particular, I think, I don't know if it's springtime, these are everywhere there's just they're so light they can be on any kind of light breeze and they will go everywhere and it's like that with things that just come and they just take root in our minds so we must be very aware and intentional about what we allow in it's our responsibility okay to Two Corinthians ten verse five, and I'm reading from this from the Passion translation, says that we, that's you and me, can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God, and break th- and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. That's Jesus. Yeah. That's good, isn't it? Shall I read that again? So, we, all of us, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God, and we can break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. We have the authority and control to do this with the help of Holy Spirit. To take every, every single thought captive and measure it against the truth of God's word and the revelation of his spirit. That is powerful, isn't it? Okay, the second thing I want us to think about in terms of our minds like gardens is what things are, this is a nice one, what things are blooming well. In our minds, what good things have deep roots and are producing beautiful flowers and ripe fruit? What are the non negotiables we believe? You know, non negotiables, you can't be, you don't waver from them, they are solid. Um, What are they? What are those non negotiables that we refuse to let be crowded out with thorns and weeds? What are the things that we not only know and understand of God, but we've experienced of Him too? What are the truths that we set our minds on that bring us peace and stability in life? A few things for me, my non-negotiables, are God is good. You can say amen if you agree. God is good. God is faithful. He has a plan and purpose for my life and your life. And he loves me and he loves you. They're my non-negotiables. I don't budge off those. Philippians 4 verses 8 to 9 says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable what would life be like if we thought like that (laughs) think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the god of peace will be with you i believe that peace is something that marks us out as christians from the world you know we face the same common challenges of human life don't we We're not different in that respect. But it's the how. How do we handle it? Do we stress and worry like everyone else? Do we flare up and become angry? Do we become downhearted, cynical, pessimistic? Isaiah 26 verse 3 in the Amplified Translation says, You, that's God, will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is, committed and focused on you in both inclination and character, because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. It's God's desire for us to be whole and have peace in our minds. Okay, the third thing to ask yourself, third question, thinking about your mind as a garden. Are there any weeds? Are there any weeds in the garden of your mind? What are they? What negative words do you hear? Especially the repetitive ones. They might sound like, you're not good enough. You're too young to do that. You're too old to do that. You're, a, you're not qualified. You're a hypocrite. You know, the enemy loves to remind us of things that we either have done or haven't done. And the outcome of that. He loves to take us back to that. And we need to deal with that. Those voices. um, It'll be different things for different people. They may come from different times in your life. Different seasons from different people. But ultimately it's one voice. And it's the voice of the enemy. And they are all lies. I want to tell you that this morning. You know, God is a good father. Like we were just singing. Bad stuff doesn't come from him. It cannot come from cannot come from him there is an enemy at work and the voice of the enemy wants to keep us bound up so that we're hindered and we're stifled and that so that we can't fulfill God's purpose in our life and those weeds can become very unruly very quickly and they need dealing with straight away absolutely ripping up you know we can't afford to flip between thoughts that contradict each other James 1 verse 8 says that a double-minded person is unstable in everything that they do. A double-minded person is unstable in everything that they do. On the contrary, Isaiah 26 verse 3 in the message says that people with their minds set on you, that's God, you keep completely whole, steady on their feet because they keep at it and they don't quit. I love that. I love that contradiction. Well, that uh, that comparison, should I say. Um, yeah, we can't afford to flip between thoughts that contradict each other. It's going to make us unstable in our lives and we're going to be ineffective. We need to deal with the weeds. OK, the last thing, and this is where it might hurt, is are there any brambles or thorny bushes in the garden of your mind? And remember, this is talking about our heart as well, because you can't really separate heart and mind. Now, these brambles and thorny bushes, they speak of things that have taken root, that are associated with pain and bitterness and unforgiveness. And they cause the most damage, like that bush I had to dig up. It, it takes effort and it, it hurts to deal with them, but they, oh wow, they need, they need dealing with. But you know, once they're out, they're out. That's it. That soil can be turned over and fertilised and watered, and then it's ready for the new thing that's going to get planted. You know, when you're dealing with brambles and thorny bushes, anyone anyone who has a garden and might have to deal with these things, you need big padded gloves, don't you? And, like, I love those long-handled... Um, what they're called, just like cutters to, to, to so you basically, it's at arm's length <laughs> you don't have to go near the thorns you know, but God is a God who is into dealing he's got hands that are strong enough and that don't get cut yeah. and and he's not afraid to touch those things in us and to actually deal with those things and cut them down they need to be cut down and uprooted once and for all they don't belong in your garden and if, they, if they're if they left, they will just get out of hand. They will take over and crowd out the good stuff. You know, you might need to work really hard with God. Sometimes repetitively at getting those things out. But it's so needed and it's so worth it if we're to be whole people. So if you have a garden, you will, a physical garden, you'll know that it needs almost constant attention and tending to it's not a one-time event which much to my dismay when i had a big garden i was like oh in the springtime i'll go back out i'll do some weeding and stuff and then like the next week all the weeds would like come back because it was so wet and and you're just like oh really (laughs) some people really enjoy gardening i'm not a great gardener um anyway so my grandma, my dad's mum, um, was a very keen gardener. And uh, she worked in her garden almost every day. And it didn't matter what the weather was. She'd get the right um, stuff on and she would just be out there. And she'd, she would always say to me, it just takes 20 minutes a day. That's all it takes. Stupid weeding 20 minutes a day and then it doesn't get all out of control and, and stuff. And I wasn't really good at doing that. <laughs> um, so, yes, you know, there's, in a garden, there's almost, um, if you know it really well, there's almost a constant changing of, like, the landscape and, and things blooming and then dying away, and things growing and growing and growing and growing, and you, you notice it in your own garden, don't you? It's like that with our minds and our hearts. And the only way that we can make sure that the garden of our minds looks the way it was designed to be is through that renewing that we talked about right at the beginning in Romans. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's about being washed with the word of God. And we have to be intentional about it. Otherwise, you know, we just default to old mindsets old thought patterns negative thinking that can become a downward spiral so we have to be intentional and we have to be discipled uh disciplined i think that should say in our minds and make sure that we're lining ourselves up and with what comes into our minds with the plumb line of god's word you know what a plumb line is that Builders use to make sure that Rizon's nodding because he certainly knows. Um, tell me if I'm right. Um so it's like a string with a weight on the bottom, and you line it up to make sure that what you're building is in a straight line. Is that right, Riz? You know, that is what the word of God is to us in these lives that we are building in partnership with God. That is what we need. God's word is our plumb line. So we're responsible, each one of us, for reading God's word. I can't rely on Hillary to read God's word for me. I can certainly get some insight from what she's read. And that's important for us to talk about God's word together and the revelation. We don't hold all the revelation ourselves of what is in God's word. Um, so I can certainly glean stuff. But that is not going to do me complete good relying on hillary reading god's word i need to read god's word i need to grasp revelation by his spirit we all do okay so we're all responsible and um Yeah, if we do that, if we meditate on God's truth on a daily basis, I can guarantee you that the landscape of your garden, the garden of your mind will change. Um, If you prioritise God's word in your life, if you prioritise just spending time with Holy Spirit, you know, it can be as simple as walking along the road and just saying... God, I'm so I'm I'm just so grateful to be in your presence. What do you want to say to me? Where do you Where do you want me to go? You know, um, it's just being intentional, being um, just tuned in all the time, isn't it? And and not just allowing life to just take over, which can so easily happen. Okay, so I know there's a lot in there. I hope that it's been encouraging to you and challenging to you. I really felt that God wanted to challenge us. I'm challenged myself. This is. This comes from my own journey, and I'm certainly not there yet. And um, I know it's a daily thing, isn't it, to be renewed in our minds and our hearts. Um, But if we, yeah, if we just constantly submit our minds and our hearts to God, he will transform us. He'll keep transforming us into the people that he, he wants us to be. And we will bear fruit from that. Um, So it sounds like it's a lot of, you know, me, 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 you, you, you. But it's about our relationship with God. It's about becoming all that God has destined for us to be, all that he's created us to be. So it's really important stuff, I think. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone and we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we we love.